You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I am your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Today is show number two of two, centering on exercise and health in the 40-plus years. And our guest is Alan Meisner, and he is a National Academy of Sports certified professional trainer, a precision nutrition one-level coach, and a Functional Aging Institute certified functional aging specialist. He went on to earn specialties in fitness nutrition, corrective exercise, behavior change, performance enhancement, and online personal training. He launched 40-plus fitness online personal training to help people over 40 lose weight and get healthy and fit. He is the host of the 40 plus fitness podcast for which he has interviewed hundreds of health and wellness experts in a wide range of specialties. Show number two focuses on how our diet should evolve as we age, why lifestyle pieces like proper sleep and stress management need to be addressed, and the importance of strength training regularly. Stick with us. We will be back in just a few minutes to speak with Alan. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Hey, Alan, welcome back to the show. This is part two. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I think it's, you know, I think it's really informative. Um, on our last show, we talked about, sorry, hello. I should, I'm jumping right into this. How are you, Alan? I'm doing well. How are you, Kathy? <laughs> I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> you know, okay, well, truth the, the, be the told. Of, the, oh, no, no, the world of podcasting, I think that's one of the cool things is that we're able to put together these shows and, and make them meaningful but the way we're doing it, you know, you don't always know how we're making the sausage. And so exactly right. Conversation two minutes later, you're hearing this a week later. It's like, who is this dude? Well, right. Truth be told, to Alan and I, week, been, but... yeah, we've been talking for an hour and a bit. So you know, it it, it is. It's true. You know. Then then let's you know let's call a spade a spade. So in in that breath, just a short minute ago, but a whole week ago for you guys, uh, we were talking about uh, muscle protein, the importance of muscle. We did a whole show. So if you didn't listen to that show, do listen to that show because it really sets up this show. And in this show, we are talking about how to build lean muscle mass. And on Alan's cue, I had to cut him off with the protein macro. So what we're going to start with on this show is the other macros that are also important for 
muscle mass and muscle development and overall health. So Alan, you go ahead. You wanted to, you know, you were cut off with the glucose. So let's start with glucose <laughs> and de-demonize this for us. Okay. Full disclosure, I do tend to eat in a low-carb diet uh, because I just don't need that many carbs. I need just enough carbs and just enough fat to fuel the work that I'm going to do in the gym. And so what happens inside the muscle as you're going to work a muscle is it needs an energy source. Now that energy source is coming from the muscle cells. It's a thing in there called a mitochondria. Uh, it's a little bacteria. I think that crawled into a virus many, many years ago. That's kind of the story I hear, but anyway, it's this really cool organelle that creates energy. It's like a little energy source inside of the cell. And there's, there can be lots of them. You can have many, many of them. And that's one of the cool things about building muscle is you create more mitochondria you have more energy. Boom, boom, right? Double win. Well, you need glucose or glycogen in the cell to make this whole process work. It's it's called the Krebs cycle, and I'm not going to bore you with the science. Uh, we have to learn this as a part of our nutrition courses and biology of yes, food and do. how this works. <laughs> and so you you memorize it for the test, and then you're like, oh, and no, then you're, well, now, it's I'm a on, circle. now I'm on a podcast. Now, now I'm on podcast, and I have to do this all the time. But or think about it all the time with my with my clients is are we getting enough energy? And so you know while protein can be a problem, you're not getting enough protein. If you're also robbing yourself of glycogen or glucose in your food, or so just carbs in general, that might also adversely affect your performance in the gym, add stress to your life, keep you from sleeping well, just give you overall fatigue. So really with both of the macros, carbohydrates and protein, you just want to be experimenting with what works best. Now, what I've found with carbohydrates, particularly for someone who wants to stay on the lower carb spectrum of eating, is that timing of those things could actually be very beneficial. So where protein right after a workout and some kind of protein window, great if you're if you're going to go into an Olympia bodybuilding competition. But with sugar, with with carbohydrates, you may want to have those about 30 minutes before your workout just to provide that extra boost of carbohydrates, blood sugar, that whole process to fuel the workout. So you have a little bit more energy to get through the workout. Now, do you want to need one of those little pre-workout things? And all? No, uh, those are just marketing things. Uh, yeah, they boost you with the caffeine and taurine and all that kind of stuff. But uh, reality is if you want this bad enough, just go lift the weight. Um, you don't need that pre-workout to do this, but you do, you do need carbohydrates, glycogen, glucose. And, and so you do want to make sure that you're fueling your work, which would require that. So I do find that the timing of carbohydrates helps if you find that, you know, there's fatigue and you're not sleeping very well, again, having some carbohydrates later in the day in your evening meal might help you sleep better. So again, uh -huh. as you're going through this recovery and your body's you know, you've pulled that blood sugar out and it just might make you a little bit hungry, but have some, have your carbohydrates then. So if you're on the low carb spectrum, uh, and you're trying to put on muscle, I'd say, have your carbohydrates just before your workout, not a lot, but enough. And then some right before in your evening meal, probably help you sleep a little bit better. 
Yeah. And that's a good point. And uh, that's something I bring up with my clients all the time. You know, when we go to sleep, it's not just to close our eyes and go to dreamland. There's a lot of stuff going on when we go to sleep, a lot (laughs) of magic, a lot of healthy magic. And we need, you know, again, it's, it's, this is a, a range because it does depend on what your body is trying to accomplish, um, through the evening. We all have the basics, but between three and 500 calories at night while we sleep, to do all these processes. And that if there's a deficit in that, that can cause sleep issues. And if you have sleep issues and you have a deficit of, of the calories needed to provide the energy, that is going to be counterintuitive to your muscle production, because uh, this is something that people may not know either. Muscle isn't developed in the gym. It's what's happening as the muscle recovers. So maybe go into that a bit. It's not what you're actually, you know, doing your curls that muscle is developing. Um, can you go through the process of what yeah. happens when you're exercising? Yeah. So so I go into the gym that day and I do back and biceps. And so I'm, I'm going to pull with my back. I'm going to do some pull-ups. I'm going to do this and that. And then, yeah, I'm going to do some of those bicep curls that everybody loves. Um, so I do some bicep curls and now, so I have this bicep muscle that has gone through this stimulus of, I told it, I want to lift more weights with my bicep. And then, so it's like, okay, I got to get stronger. Cause for some reason, Alan wants to be able to do this. Um, and then it throughout the day, I've given it enough protein and I've given it enough glucose uh, carbohydrates. And so the muscle like, fine, I have all I need. And then we go to sleep or what, you know, a little bit of time goes before the next workout. And during that period of time, all these hormone and all these different effects are happening inside the muscle that allow that protein to synthesize and become more muscle and to grow. Sleep is where the magic happens with all of this, because what's happening in your sleep is sleep is sort of this, um, I guess the best way to say it is it's, it's, it's the great scorekeeper of hormones. So if you're getting good quality sleep, then you're signaling to your body that you're healthy and everything is good. So it's, it's, it's making sure that your testosterone is the where it needs to be. It's making sure that your estrogen and progesterone are where they're supposed to be. You're seeing, uh, an influx of, uh, cortisol at the right times and not at the wrong times. And, and just almost every hormone in our body follows this circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And, and those are the things that are the building blocks of health. Our brain gets cleaned out. Our systems get cleaned out. There's periods of time when you're asleep that you're just completely paralyzed. And so we can do a wholesale. We, we've literally done a shutdown for the week. And so we can clean this place up really, really nice. Uh, that's what happens if you get a good night's sleep. Uh, if you're not getting a good night's sleep, then those things don't happen. And so you end up with a lot of stress in your body, a lot of problems in your body and your hormones are out of whack. And it, again, it's just, it, you, you're going to make that, you're going to make that happen by trying to sleep better or you're not now from a nutrition perspective. Yes you need to make sure that you have enough energy available to your body, enough building blocks available to your body to do the things that it needs to do, to do that rebuilding. Now, do you need to eat that every evening? And the answer could be no. Uh, If you've gotten yourself to where you're uh, metabolically flexible and can use body fat, you can coast through the whole night on body fat. You know, that's not a hard thing to do because you're not over strenuous, you're not going to hit, you're not going to bonk like they say in, in marathons. 
if your body can draw on that body fat, but if you're predominantly someone who eats a lot of carbohydrates throughout the day, then it could be possible that your blood sugar would dip too low while you're asleep. That could wake you up. And if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, I've got to go hit the refrigerator or the pantry for something, uh, that's, that's where you want to think about whether you're, you've set yourself up to have the energy you need throughout the night because your body should be able to tap into your body fat during that period of time. So you just want to look at what you're eating and how it's affecting your body from an energy development and use perspective. Absolutely. And you know, this goes again, we don't want to fall into that category with, with you guys listening here where you're micromanaging your day to build muscle because that's not what it's all about. But what we do want to make a point of saying is, and I think Alan's brought this forward very clearly, is you have to look inward and read the signs of your body. And if things are changing and, you know, there's a shift in your sleep, there's a shift in, in your pain levels, what's going on here? And that's that's the level of health I think we all want to be at. Reading the symptoms, seeing where there are fluctuations and changes, and either, you know, patting ourselves on the back because we're going in the right direction. And if we're if we feel that we're not figuring it out. And that's what, you know, Alan does, what I do. It's it's I think providing you with maybe the best questions is the best way to get to your health. So when we're talking about um muscle development again. So we've, we've hit upon nutrition and you mentioned something, you know, um, the beginning of the first show that I I don't even think got to air was this difference between weightlifting and using machines and using free weights. And, you know, it was an aha for me. It didn't really, you know, I never really thought of it until you actually brought it forward, but explain that difference when it comes to, you know, in the gym weightlifting. Okay. So people will post on uh, social media or when I'll say, what's the, what's the best exercise? And it's sort of like, what's the, what's the best way to eat? It's the same answers, the one you'll stick to. Um, so okay. if there's something you enjoy, by all means, keep doing it. There's no reason if you enjoy being a runner and you like running, uh, be a runner, but also know that you need, do need to build some muscle mass. And so you need balance, you need function. And so be your runner, but you know, let's figure out a way to build some muscle and some strength. And so a lot of people will walk in the gym. This is, uh, I mean, we're going to, we're airing this probably in February, but as you go out there, you're like, okay, uh, January, we all know the gyms start to fill up because all the new year's resolution people, they come in and 95% of them walk in, see the treadmill and that's where they're going to spend their day. And they'll be there for three or four weeks on the treadmill and that's their day. That's, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're, they're not going deeper into the gym, but if you want to build muscle, you have to go, you have to go past the treadmills. Okay. Just a little deeper. Now, a lot, a lot of people don't necessarily know how to do weightlifting. It's not something they teach us. It's not something that's inherently in our brain. Um, we learned how to walk on our own, but lifting weights is a little different. Um, so you'll see these machines and there's a machine there for you to press with your legs. There's one for you to bend your leg. There's, there's others for you to push, uh, uh away from your body and at your chest level, some to push over your head, some to pull, um, all those machines are great. Uh, if that's how you need to get started, they're going to help you build muscle. They're going to help you build strength. However, 
when a child comes running up to you, they're not on a rail and you need to pick that child up. And that child is going to squirm a little bit. Uh, they're going to be kicking their feet. Uh, they're going to be off balance, meaning that you then have to fire off a lot of different other muscles to do the movement that you want to do. Uh, same thing when you need to put your luggage in an overhead bin, it's not kicking and struggling, but it's not on a rail. So the push and the over to be able to do those things safely for as long as you want to be able to do them, you, you eventually need to be able to move within the dynamic range of what we call functional fitness. So doing the things you want to do, uh, being fit or being strong enough to do the things that matter for you. And to do that, you're almost always going to be better off moving over to free weights and that type of movement. You know, Kathy, you said you're doing the Olympic lifts. And I think probably some things you've noticed from that lifting is that it's, it's taught you a ton about areas where you didn't even know how much those muscles were supporting your movement process. And a hundred percent, I have so never done anything yeah. and I've been in the gym and I've done, I've never done anything more challenging in my life. There's not a, a shred of muscle that's not supposed to be engaged when you do a lift. It okay. is so difficult. So, so yeah, so we're a system, we're a chain, everything works together. And, and so, you know, we can talk about a bicep curl and the reason I kind of joked with that is the bicep curl, when you're doing it, we call an isolation movement, you're only moving one joint. Um, and there's not a lot of reasons for you to be really strong in your bicep. Uh, it looks good for guys, you know, guys and gals, they like to have the kind of the more muscular arms, but from a functional perspective, um, I mean, what, what's the heaviest thing you lifted to your mouth? Um, because that's all that <laughs> muscle really does. Uh, it does help with pulling movements. So if you're doing a pull up or a, a chin up, or you're you know pulling yourself towards something like up onto a boat, um, when you're in the water, uh, those those movements do engage the bicep as well, and those are more compound movements. So just understanding that the things we do in real life um, don't equate to certain movements like an isolation movement or a machine style movement. Uh, we need to get out in the real world and that's where the free weights come on. So, but if you're intimidated initially, the machines are there and you can start getting stronger, getting a knowledge, building how it feels, working your nutrition side. We just talked about, get that right with the, with what you're doing on the machines and then start building the knowledge, maybe bring in a coach or ask one of the employees there at the gym to go over and show you how to do some of these exercises properly. But eventually you're going to want to get over there and do more of the free weights, more of the functional stuff. It also helps with balance. I mean, there's so many other things that go into using the free weights and that point about getting a coach, there's, there's just no way I could even begin to go on this path of Olympic weightlifting if I didn't have a coach. And she's awesome and has taught me so much, just like you were saying about um, supporting muscles and back. I learned more about my back in the last three months. I tell you, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and it's not easy. And exercise isn't really meant to be easy. Uh, it is a stressor on the body. That's, that's what exercise is, but you need to find something that's enjoyable. We're, we'll talk about that and just actually let's go to a break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about different forms of exercise and, and really, you know, maybe set the stage for what motivates us. Everyone will be back in just a few minutes. You are listening to the health hub. 
here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. So, Alan, we're back now, and we've had the, the first show. We talked about a whole bunch of muscle structure, health, protein, everything, and now we're we're slowly getting up to the point where people understand, you know, the the, the importance. Maybe not slowly, maybe quickly. Um, we're bringing this into full focus, the importance, and we've laid the foundation on, you know, the how. Um, the why is in place. But a lot of people struggle when they start on an exercise routine, what, when you're working with people, how do you motivate them? How do you get them to start? Well, there there's really, there's two kinds of motivation. There's extrinsic motivation and there's intrinsic motivation and uh, the extrinsic works. And it's usually what most people start with. So and it can be, uh, I'm going to meet a friend at the park and go for a walk after work. Okay. So now I know my friend's going to be there. So I'm going to be there or I hire a trainer at the gym and I know, okay. And for me, it was five o'clock in the morning. Your time might be different, but I, I know Dave's going to be at the gym at, at five o'clock. Okay. So where am I at five o'clock? I'm at the gym because I know my trainer, Dave, is going to be there. In fact, I get there early and load the weights so they're already ready to go. But that's just me. And that's where that's the intrinsic very, stuff very, comes very in. very, very early. <laughs> okay. But that's where the intrinsic part comes in. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So you have, you have a social circle. You have people around you or you have a coach, trainer, someone that you want to be there for, someone that else, something else, or there's a competition or a contest at the gym or something who can, who can do this or who can increase their strength on this exercise. There's different things external uh, that could be the step monitor on your, uh, your phone, you know, or, or on your watch. This is okay. You want to get your 10,000 steps and you fill in your circle. Uh, those activity things, those games, all of that's external motivation, extrinsic motivation, and it's 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 valuable. It gets mm-hmm. you moving. If at a start, it usually works out very well at the beginning, but then there's just a point of okay, yes, this is my 100th day in a row of filling in my circles. Okay, great. I guess I'll do one on one. So there, sometimes that stuff gets a little old. Mm-hmm. Intrinsics where you want to move it, and that's internal, and and where. I look at this is this is when you connect what you're doing each day to something bigger than you. So an example would be my daughter was getting into all of this CrossFit stuff and obstacle course races. And she asked me to watch her do a CrossFit competition. And that was like a kick in the teeth. I'm like, <laughs> good gosh, you know, I was 40, I was 47 years, 46 years old. And here's my 20 year old daughter, uh, tell him, ask me to go watch her. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, I want us to do that kind of stuff together. Um, I want to be a participant in my daughter's life, not a spectator. And that's kind of where the intrinsic really kicked off for me personally. Now, um, I did that tough mutter and it's, a, it's an event that nobody can ever take away from me crossing that finish line of that race, which was very hard, uh, and being in condition to do it with my CrossFit 
level one instructor daughter was a highlight of my life. It's all, no one can ever take that away from me. That's intrinsic why. Um, but then I look ahead and I'm like, okay, my wife and I are running a bed and breakfast. I need to be able to carry 44 pound bottles of water around. I need to be able to carry luggage around for guests. I need to be able to do these other things. So my day-to-day -day activities and the things I like to do and the things I want to do, I, I have to train to be that person. I have to train to be able to keep up with that because if I, I know if I don't train, there's going to be a day when that's too hard for me. You know, 57, uh, I'm fighting sarcopenia and osteopenia, just like everybody else. And then I know at some point in my life, I'm going to be much, much older and I don't want to be dependent on other people. So I say this and people kind of, kind of get a giggle out of it, but I want to be able to wipe my own butt when I'm 105. Uh -huh. Okay. And there's a story behind that. I don't have really have time on this podcast or this radio show to talk about it, but the, the reality is this. To do that, I need strength. I need mobility. I need balance. I need uh, just a bunch of little different things to happen. Speed. So if I'm sitting in the living room and I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta make it, you know, in there and do what I gotta do. Finish what I gotta finish. Get back up. Go back and do what I was doing. So all of those are fitness things. We don't necessarily think of going to the bathroom as a fitness thing right now, but when you're 105, it's a fitness thing. Uh, I want to be independent. I don't want people to have to take care of me or worry about me. And so you see the the path here is that my vision over time changes. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be doing tough mutters at 105. I don't think I'm going to be doing them anyway. Um, unless science never say never crazy, never say never science. Might Maybe they'll have that age amazing. group by then. <laughs> they, well, I know they will. They're, they already have the Centurion Olympics, but beyond that, it's like, where do I want to be? And what do I want to be able to do? And how do I want to live my life? And, and as I look at that, I know that when I walk into the gym, I'm training to be that person. Each and every lift is a step toward being that person. And so, uh, you kind of see the difference of whether you're showing up for someone else or you're showing up for yourself. And I put it this way. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a type of self-love. And if you love yourself the way that you love the other people around you, you start to think about it in terms of if your significant other had to be at the airport at five o'clock in the morning, where are you? They need you to take them to the airport. Where are you? Most of us are at the airport dropping off our significant, significant other at departures. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to do for yourself. You need to show up. You need to show yourself the same self-love, the same respect, the same everything that you show the other people that you love and respect in your life. And that's where intrinsic motivation kind of kicks in. And nobody has to tell you to work out. You actually go in knowing what you're building. You know why you're there. You're there because you love the person that you're taking care of. And it's not meant to be easy. Like it, it, it's not meant to be easy, <laughs> but I think that's why. And, and uh, you know, when you're, you've been exercising and doing this for a long time and, you know, I've been through the gamut of the, you know, the biohacking and everything and, you know, push comes to shove. It's like, I just, you know, I want to do everything I can to be here. I'm, um, I've had breast cancer. So, um, 12 years ago 
And, you know, there's always that in the back of my mind. And so I weight lift so I can pick up my granddaughter, so I can be here for other children coming along the way. Um, And so I'm not someone that needs to be taken care of. I mean, and that's a huge, huge motivator for me. And I think finding our why is essential. I really do. Um, and, And I think that's well stated by you. How many times, you know, our standard of movement is quite low. Um, you know, 10,000 steps is, is, I don't know how they, they get that number, but steps is steps. Um, and you can, you can accumulate them by swinging your arm. I found out, but, um, you know, the standard (laughs) of movement is low, but we want to try and get into the gym. We want, you've, you've deciphered, or you've, you've shown us the difference between sort of the cardio versus the weight training, but I think people tend more to the cardio side of it. It's easier. It's quicker to go for a run. How often do we need to be in the gym strength training? Uh, like every other question in health and fitness, it, it depends. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, what I found uh, is most people will do very, very well to do a full body program where they're really stressing all the major muscles in their body takes about an hour to do that. Right. Uh, if you're, if you're pushing yourself in through all these, through the different exercises that you would need, but you can usually get that done in an hour or less. And you need to do that probably twice a week, leave a few days in between each one. Uh, so it could be a Monday, Friday or Monday, Thursday thing, whichever your, your, whatever works for your schedule. you can do one on the weekend and one during the middle of the week, whatever makes sense for you. Uh, but get in there, push your muscles, feed your muscles, rest your muscles. And if you're doing that, if you're doing a good full body workout twice a week, uh, you're probably doing all the resistance training you need. Um, and then yeah, build in a little bit of the stamina, build in some mobility work and balance work and then play just, you know, that's the other side of it. I think where a lot of us miss the fitness, uh, bandwagon the thing we're like well you know i don't want to do it do you like playing tennis yeah go play tennis Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) you know you 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 know and i'm gonna say you like olympic lifting but you know you see a bar there what do you want to do with it you want to throw it over your head um you know a nice little snatch here because i can and so it's play (laughs) at some points this stuff just becomes play and you're like oh i want to go play i want to go do things i want to go for a hike Oh, well, look, that's a, that's a really interesting place. I, you know, not many people make it up, up that far and see that thing. It's a two day hike. There's, you know, canoes and kayaks and hiking and all this other stuff, uh, that are, that can be relatively strenuous. You're training for it and then you can go play. And I think that's where a lot of us lose it again, is we don't understand that we're building a body that's capable of more. We get to do more. Hmm, well said. That's that's very good. I think we do lose the the play part of it. Yeah, we focused on because we don't move enough, right? Like I'm, well, I'm sitting here in front of the computer. We're on to an hour, an hour and a half or so. Um, and I, you know, a, a good person might be on a treadmill doing this, but I, you know, I sit here and do it because I I can only focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> um, so you know, we we don't move enough. And, but that space of movement. So we have the weight training where you might have the, the, the go for a run, whatever, but this other aspect of movement, I I don't think, um, is focused on enough because finding something that you like, finding a movement that you enjoy, uh, brings you joy. And this also fits into a healthy outlook. And I would think, you know, you've worked with many clients 
when people build in movement that brings them joy, it can leverage them to do those lifts and things that maybe not bring them joy necessarily, but they know that they're doing the best for themselves. So hitting it in a complete level is, I think, very important. And is that something that you build in for your clients as well? Yeah, it's it's a concept I call fit for task. And, and what it basically means is I want to be the person that I need to be when I need to be that person. And so if I decide that I want to go run a 5K, well, okay, I've got to have the stamina and capacity to do that, or at least be close enough that then I can do a little bit of training. Do I really like running? No, not really. That's not my thing. But occasionally friends and family or someone's going to go do a 5K. I'm like, sure. That's going to be fun. And it's going to be fun because of the people I'm doing it with, not necessarily the action. But I didn't, then I know well, I'm going to go run the 5K. I'm like, okay, well, how fast can Rachel run the 5K? And okay, she's going to be running it at nine minute miles. Let's just see where I am. And I may do, need to do a little training to make sure that I can keep up with Rachel, is an example. Uh, it might be that we're going to do some canoeing and, and then we're going to do some hiking and I'm going to need to be able to carry the canoe. You know, my kayak is 70 pounds. So it's like, okay, how far are we going? I'm going to have to grab one handle. Someone can grab the other, you know, what fitness level do I need to be able to do this, this hiking kayaking trip? I have some clients that want to do Michu Pichu, which is, uh, this, um, beautiful, wonderful place, uh, in Peru that has, you know, I think there's an easy route and there's a hard route. Uh, same kind of thing with the Grand Canyon is that there's just these places that you can't see and can't go to if you're, if you're not fit enough to do it, you can be in a helicopter and fly over it. Um, but you know, it's just that concept of, um, there's things I want to be able to do. And and I don't even know, like there were not mud runs and obstacle courses when I was a a 20 year old, you know, Mm -hmm. we five Ks, 10 Ks, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that stuff didn't even exist. I don't even know what my grandchildren are going to be doing. Uh, you know, uh-huh. 15 years from now. So what am, what are they going to ask me? What are they going to be telling me they're doing? And what do I want to be a participant and rather than a spectator? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've got a little granddaughter now and, uh, you know, I can't wait to be able to, to play with her and, you know, and just, you know, focusing more, I have been upping the, the fitness, um, aspect of, of, of my life. And, you know, just being able to, I have arthritis in the, the my one leg. I played ball for many, many years. I was a catcher and that contributed to it. But just the mobility aspect of, of exercising and stretching and muscle building, uh, it's, I've had, you know, in just the short time I've done my change of, of strategy for, for health um, and exercise, I've found a huge difference in my mobility and it really does encourage me to do more. And, uh, you know, I think the way you're approaching things, Alan, um, and the way you're working with your clients, I think it's, it's the best way to do it because, you know, what's the percentage of us that really want to go on to be, you know, Olympic level athletes and bodybuilders, you know, most of us are, you know, we just want to live a good, healthy, happy life. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, the funny thing, there's a, there's a joke, you know, don't want to get on the floor unless I have a plan to get back up. It's kind of an old (laughs) joke and it's, but it's reality. It's reality for so many people, which Mm -hmm. is what makes it sad and funny at the same time. You know what I do every morning? 
I get up, I start my coffee uh, going, and I go sit on the floor with my dog, Angel. Mm-hmm. And Buster comes over, and he wants to lick my face. And we just I spend dog time sitting on a tile floor for about five to ten minutes almost every day of my life. And it's, it's a highlight of my, it's one of the highlights of every day. It's like, I get to sit down and, and the, the emotional response from my dog angel and from Buster is just great because they recognize this is different. No other person does, no one else does this. They'll pet me, but it's, they lean over, pet me for a little while and they walk off, but not, not daddy. Daddy gets on the floor and he just sits here and, and makes this a moment with with us. And they know that they feel that and I see it. And, um, I want that with every relationship that I have is that I can be the person I need to be where I need to be. So with grandchildren, it's on the floor Mm -hmm. uh, at their level, you know, pull up that video of SpongeBob on your computer or iPad, and then sit down on the floor with your grandchild for a few minutes and see what that does for the relationship. Um, you know, it's those moments so they don't seem like big things, but like I said, if you think you have to have a plan to get back up, it is a big moment. Uh, cause that kid's going to sit there for three minutes and then want to run off. And then you want to get up and go over there and sit down. And so it's just thinking about how fitness will bring joy to your life mm-hmm. and then doing the things that are necessary. So, you know, do I want to sit on the floor all the time? Well, no, no one wants to sit on the floor, but I do, I do it all the time. Um, I don't have a problem with it. It actually, I, that's a workout, you know, and people don't think of it, but it's play, but it's a workout. And I think if you start looking at fitness as more of a, just being human and doing the things I want to do as a human, uh, it kind of changes all of it. And then, yeah, some of the things I have to train, I have to do, uh, a bench press and a pull up and a this and that. And is that something I necessarily enjoyed doing? No, but I know by keeping my strength and building muscle mass, I'm setting myself up to be healthier, to live longer and have all those benefits. And then, like I said, when my grandchildren want to do some kind of crazy thing, I'm, I want to be where I need to be to, to be that grandfather and participate and not spectate. Perfectly said, Alan, if people want to get a hold of you and I, I did not give you this space in the last show, but definitely they will be in the, the notes. If people want to get a hold of you, um, are you seeing clients online or is it, is it, um, person to person? How do you operate? Uh, I do mostly online because okay. I, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, you say, I want to move to a Caribbean Island and sell everything. We did that. Uh, so I, <laughs> I actually live in the Caribbean, nice uh, Panama. And, and so I, you know, if you wanted to train with me, uh, I am doing a retreat in May and you can look that up, but you can go to 40 plus fitness.com. Uh, and that's my training website. You can go to 40 plus fitness podcast.com. And that's the podcast where you'll hear more from me to see if I'm there for you. Um, I also wrote a book. It's called the wellness roadmap. Uh, you can pick that up on Amazon or anywhere that you buy books. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm the only Alan Meisner still alive on the planet. So yeah, Alan Meisner. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I we Google. have enough tags and things like that, that even yeah. if there is one other one, we'd be able yeah. to drill down to I, you. I, I Google, I Google pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And we'll definitely, we'll have everything in, in the show. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. I really, really, really appreciate the time um, that you've given the health hub with uh, the two shows. And I think it's a really important show, you know, elucidating uh, muscles and protein and all that. 
I'm really well, happy you, with, with our conversation and, and I know that our listeners will get a lot out of it. So thanks very, very much. Thank you, Kathy. This has been awesome. Thank you. Excellent. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.